Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 14th of December, 2022. As the Flyers, game three of this four-game road trip, they fall against the Colorado Avalanche. Final score of 3-2. to two. Cam Yorka a couple, or gets a his first goal of the season to open the scoring in the first period. Boy, what a nice move at the blue line as he just jukes out a Colorado Avalanche defender. And then he's able to get that puck to the net. JVR, a little redirect, causes a scramble, and Cam York follows it and ends up putting in the puck and gets his first goal of the season. Flyers would end the first period, real nice first period. They'd kill two Colorado power plays, and they still go to the break up one nothing. But in the second, 925, Devin Taves, real nice play here. Great pass from JT Comfer as the Flyers uh, can't handle the three-on-two rush opportunity, and that ties the game at one. Then a shorthanded goal by Arturi Lekkonen at 15.04. And zone entries an issue on the power play. As Konechny dumps that puck off on the left side to Morgan Frost, you see the Colorado Avalanche, They two players right away, just swarm Frost. And he's got no time, no space, and he is a little hesitant to make a decision on what to do with that puck. You want to maintain possession if you can, but when you're being attacked by not one but two players at a disadvantageous position and you're just inside the blue line, you're better off just chipping that deep and trying to win possession through the forecheck, even on the power play. Doesn't happen. Goes the other way. Lekkonen ends up with the shorty. Puts Colorado up 2-1. to one. Then in the third period, JT Comfort picks up the goal to make it 3-1. And then the Flyers, they outshoot Colorado in the third period, 15-6. to six. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk picks up his fourth goal of the season. He's a point-per-game player in 10 games this season. Uh, 3-2 is the score there as Konechny and Hayes assist on that, but... Uh, they had some other good opportunities in the waning moments of the game, but unable to get it tied. And again, this game, I think, goes to show that if this team is going to be able to get to that final buzzer of the hockey game with a win on the board, it's going to have to really, really have very few mistakes or periods in the game where they're not on it because they're just not going to outscore their problems. Again, just two goals in the game. They're the lowest scoring team in the NHL. That's obviously something that, in a lot of ways, they can't do anything about right now because you don't have... I mean, Cam Atkinson coming, who has scored 40 in this league, had a 41-goal season. He's not that player anymore. But, I mean, even with Atkinson, yeah, that'll help, but it's not like you're getting Ovechkin in his absolute prime walking through that door to just punch goal after goal for you. Flyers 30th in the NHL going into the game last night at 2.41 goals per game. They're actually tied with Chicago and the Anaheim Ducks at 2.27 goals per game. So it's just not a good recipe. I thought the Flyers got a good game and a good performance out of Felix Sandstrom. I think he gave them what you would deem as a quality start, an opportunity to win the game. But again, just the lack of scoring comes comes up to bite the Flyers. And this time it was the second period where they only had four shots on goal, I think so, in the second period. Not enough. Didn't carry enough of the play. And Colorado, you know, goes into that third up 2-1 and then stretches it to 3-1 on that comfort goal. And that's, that's enough to get by the Flyers these days. Usually it's a race to four in the NHL. That's kind of the magic number. Against the Flyers, it's a race to three. 
And sometimes it's a race to two. Let's just be honest about it. Flyers end up out shooting Colorado 28-25 in the game by way of that 15-6 to shot advantage in the third period. Uh, dead heat in the faceoff circle, 29 faceoff wins aside. Uh, but again, it's a one-goal loss. And these can wear on a team and wear on these players. And the thing that's been impressive so far is that these tough defeats, a 2-1 loss in overtime against Vegas, a 5-4 loss in overtime against Arizona. They've got a lot of really close games and games that they've battled to the final horn, but came up short on. And you would think, I mean, at this point, we're we're pretty well into the season at this point. You would think that these games would maybe wear an opponent out and you'd throw a, a couple of, you know, really ugly ones out there, ugly losses. They haven't done that. They've battled. They've continued to battle. They continue to stick with the plan. I mean, you look at over the last 10 or so games, I mean, okay, since they ended the 10-game winless skid against the New York Islanders where they won 3-1, to they lost to Tampa 4-1, to they hung in that game as best they could. Then they lost to New Jersey 3-2. to Then they beat Colorado 5-3. They lost to Washington 4-1. There's two empty net goals there. Uh, the 2-1 loss to Vegas in overtime, the 5-4 loss to Arizona in overtime, and the 3-2 loss last night. This is a team that's battling. It just doesn't have the horses. And, you know, one of the things I want to talk about in this episode is the job that the coaching staff has done. Now, whether you were like me and you were very for John Tortorella before he was even hired, he was a guy that the day they hired A.V. last year, the day they fired A.V., I should say, I said the first name I mentioned was John Tortorella because just prior to firing A.V., the Vancouver Canucks hired Bruce Boudreaux. And so the first name I mentioned was Torts. We didn't know about Trotz at that time that he was going to be out on the island and some other of the coaching candidates. We didn't know that Andrew Brunette was going to be let go in Florida after winning a president's all those different things. So it was Torts. And I firmly believe this. If you go back to the 2014-15 season, that team from then till about 2018, before Dave Haxtall was replaced by Scott Gordon on the interim, and then obviously Elaine Vigneault came in for the 1920 season. And we know what that year was and then what followed with the team kind of falling apart all amidst COVID. They didn't handle it well. But if that team from the 14-15 season through the 17-18 season had the identity the standard of play, the foundation of compete that this team has, they would have been really dangerous. They wouldn't have gone to the playoffs every other year and not won a round. They would have been a team that would have been capable of going on a run. Players like Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, all these guys in their prime, and Braden Shen before he was traded. All these different moves, if they would have had this standard of play that they have through how many games is it right now in the season? 30 games. They would have been a team that was dangerous, which is a huge compliment to this coaching staff that this team has been playing this way and has this standard accountability. All that. I, I'm almost tired of these words, but they have this foundation of compete and resiliency. And if those teams would have had that character trait, that identity, 
it would have been different. They didn't. Clearly, they didn't. And some coaches are able to to forge a standard of play to this level. Some are not. I think Torts has done it at other places, but I feel like this has been even more impressive what he's done here because he's, even though the team's record is not good, they've got nine wins. And we know what they've done over their last 20 games. It's not good. They're 9-14-7. So in essence, they're 9-21. They've won nine games. They have 14 regulation losses and six overtime shootout losses. Seven, excuse me. So they're, they've won nine games. They've lost 21. But the team has competed night in and night out. And when this team gets talent, if they can find a way in this draft, this offseason, and the following offseason, it's not just one, trades, whatever they do, and find a way to get some high-end skill here without giving up structural pieces that you really need, then this team could be dangerous quicker than we think because of this foundation of compete. I'm not suggesting that they're going to go out this offseason, they're going to get lucky in the lottery, and they're going to make a huge trade or a huge signing, and all of a sudden they're going to go like they did back in whatever it was, 06, 07, where they were the worst team in the league, and then they came back and went to a conference. I'm not suggesting that. But you can have talent and not win because you don't have a foundation of compete and a high standard of play and identity. You have to have both. You have to have the talent, and you have to have that. The one thing that they can control this year is the foundation of compete and the standard of play. And when I was doing the postgame show last night with Brian Smith, he used to turn a phrase which you're probably now going to hear me say quite a bit because I thought it was brilliant what he said. You know, as we get to the deadline in whatever it is, March, the Flyers will be dealing at that time, at the deadline. Not yet. They're only 30 games into this new regime with John Tortorella, Brad Shaw, Rocky Thompson, blah, blah, blah. But by the time they get to that point, you're looking at about 60 games into the season, three quarters of the season being over. Then they will be in a position of clarity. The phrase that Brian used was, the team at the deadline in 2023, which is coming up in just a couple weeks, will be in a position of clarity. We saw the four-point game from Morgan Frost. We saw, we've seen the play of Cam York of late. We've seen the play of other Rasmus Ristolainen, or we've seen the play of Travis Konechny or Kevin Hayes or, you know, Joel Farabee or Noah Cates. We're going to know more and have more clarity about the health of Sean Couturier and Wade Allison and Cam Atkinson. You'll be dealing from a much larger position, a much more pronounced position of clarity. And that's how you plan going forward. So... These traits of competing and standard of play and identity, they need to continue. I think it's really hard for it to continue on players because when you're not getting the result, it is difficult. It's difficult for us as fans, too, because we turn on a game. We turn on the game to watch the team win. We don't turn on the game to watch the team lose by a goal and go, well, they competed their ass off, and that's good enough. That's not what pro sports are about. But come the deadline... They will be in a position of clarity, and how they move forward at that deadline is going to be of the utmost importance. I love that term, the position of clarity. 
Well, I, I hope that the, if Smitty's wrong and they're not at a position of clarity at the deadline, I'm going to be really upset. Not with him, but the fact that we don't have clarity. Because this is an opportunity to gain clarity from now the 30-game mark through the next 30 games. We've gained it on a lot of guys. We did a whole exercise on yesterday's episode from an emailer talking about guys that he thinks are towards guys moving forward, aren't towards guys moving forwards, question marks, and all of that. And we kind of batted it around in yesterday's episode. If you missed it, you can go back and check it out. But, And there was a lot of guys that on that list that he had that I wasn't sure about whether they were definitely going to be guys part of the future or definitely not going to be part of the future or question marks. We had some back and forth on that. So the position of clarity will be a very interesting thing over the next 30 games. Now, look, they're going to wrap up the road trip coming up Thursday in New Jersey against the Devils. They'll look to get a win and come out of this trip with, I mean, they have two points right now in three games. Look to see if you can come out of this trip with four points in four games. If you can do that, in essence, from a points percentage standpoint, it's like going two and two on the trip. We'll see if they're able to do that on Thursday. We'll preview that game tomorrow, Flyers-Devils. And uh, the Flyers lost them 3-2 in the last time in the last game they played against some Jack Hughes with that unbelievable goal. Uh, that was the difference. Um, but we'll preview that coming up tomorrow. But position of clarity, that's what we're in search of. Trying to find our center, a position of clarity. It sounds like we're doing a podcast now on meditation. Well, there's your guided meditation for the day. Everybody, enjoy your Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Devils, and we'll get you ready for that game on a brand new edition of Flyers Devils.